0: Wonder. Hey, oh, slick. Welcome back to the only show that is ninety-nine point seven percent zombie-free. It's the show your mother warned you about. Slam-y-ow.
1: It's Red Movie Rama. My
0: name is Rick, and I'm here to lead you on a rad rampage of some of my all-time favorite movies. And here's my co-host, Rick. Say hi,
1: Rick. Good evening.
0: And am I excited about this one, because this is some of my favorite movies ever made. We're talking about some Italian horror movies here. So, so, uh, what, what makes these so special to you? Well, in most cases, they're ripping off stuff they saw in American flicks, but they just kind of do it a little cheaper, but a little better at the same time, and they're really, really gory. Ooh, yeah, we're gonna squeeze some people's brains out. Hey, hey, sir, sir. I think you need to, uh, have a mint. So, as well, I mean, is this a problem? You don't want to talk about this movie? Should I work with the other guy there? Yeah, well, man, I'll do it, because I love uh, brains and stuff. Sir, sir, we're trying to have an intelligent conversation over here. Could you please just zip it? Like, with a zip? Uh, so, uh, I guess you're in, then. Well, w- with a name like City of the Living Dead, it's not like it's going to be maybe a zombie flick, so, uh... Does it have zombies in it? Well, just one way to find out. Take it away, Rick.
1: City of the Living Dead, also known as The Gates of Hell, is a horror film from 1980 directed by Lucio Frickin' Fulci. That's right. A reporter and a psychic race to close The Gates of Hell after the suicide of a clergyman... Causing them to open and allowing the dead to rise from their graves. Starring Catriona McCall as Mary Woodhouse. She's a living dead girl with a vision. Christopher George as Peter Bell. A reporter, just like every reporter in Lucio Fulci films. And he's a little too obsessed with Mary. Carlo DiMeo as Jerry, a small-town psychologist who could have been the dad on the Brady Bunch, Giovanni Lombardo Radice as Bob, the local crazy with a few skeletons in his closet, and a blow-up doll in his fireplace, and more extras in this film than a hailstorm of maggots. Back to you, Rick.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, A blow-up doll. I Yeah, this doesn't sound like a normal zombie movie at all, at all. But you're right, because when you say the name Lucio Fulci, there's not anything normal about what's going to happen. Well, that's enough chit-chat. We need to get going before Brainiac starts yelling oh. again. Well, okay, so uh this movie starts off with a scream. Well, yeah, I bet it does, Skippy. No, really. It does because there's a lady in New York and she's in the middle of a seance. And during the seance, she sees a priest. He's in a place called Dunwich. And he's hanging himself. Well, just like I expected, Studley, this movie already doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you you just wait for that. But let me try to clarify. Okay. Seance. Yeah. New York Chick. Yeah. Scream. Uh Uh-huh. Because. Yep. She sees... A priest! Ah, uh, yeah. Hanging himself. I got you. Okay. Now I follow you. Look at these guys. Ouija boards and magic erasers trying to sweep the floor. Get out of here. So, there you go. No way he's got it. And uh, this lady's name is Mary. And uh, we see her kind of pass out and she's like foaming at the mouth and she falls on the floor during the seance and when they bring her to, she says that she saw the living dead. The city of the living dead. Well, wow! I mean, we're we're a whole minute into this movie and we've already mentioned the name of the movie in the movie. That's pretty rare, there, Skippy. I'm sure this uh this had to frighten her, right? Uh, hoping she's gonna be all right. Well, no, she dies right there on the spot. Holy mackerel! And so these detectives come in and they check out the scene of the crime. And then there's this crazy-looking lady there, and I think she's kind of the leader of this group. And uh, she's telling the detectives this all has to do with the Book of Enoch. Enoch three
1: times, if you want to see a zombie, burn up the priest to make them go
0: away. Down and done with... Enoch 310s. Uh, it's... you not... no. You're not going to do this kind of show again, are you? Well, it just seemed like a good idea. Well, it's not. So, uh, uh, this book of Enoch stuff, I don't believe in all this mumbo-jumbo. Well, the detectives don't seem to be buying it either. But uh, when this crazy-looking lady is about to tell the detectives who killed Mary, then there's a big fireball in the house. Oh, jeez, that's swell. Is it? Is it, uh, well, let me ask, is it the liquor or is it the candy? The, the, you know, the jawbreaker. Yeah, let me uh, let me rephrase. There's a big ball of fire in the house. Oh, well, then maybe it's Pete's dragons in the house. Yeah, you need to get out more. But uh, the detective says uh, things are really getting strange around here. And the crazy-haired lady uh, says, Well, if you think they're strange here... You ought to see what's happening in Dunwich. You know, I, I keep hearing this word, Dunwich, Dunwich. So what's so special about this, this Dunwich place?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. Hey, you need a place to get away. Come to scenic Dunwich, town of opportunity. A place where everyone means well. And the town folk are cordial and considerate. But if it's beautiful scenery you want... <laughs> Well, this is not your town, because you can't see shit because of the intense fog. But you are welcome to hang out at the local tavern and have a nice cold Milwaukee's best. Nice people, but no restaurants. That's f**ing Dunwich. Contact your travel agent today. Well, that, uh,
0: phew, sounds like a nice place. So... Uh, tell me, Skippy. Uh, you know, we're rolling along here. It's supposed to be a scary movie. Is it about time for something scary to happen? Well, kind of. We meet this drug out dude named Bob who's hanging out in an abandoned house. Uh, he's acting like he's kind of tweaking out, and he pulls out a blow up doll. Yeah. But, hey, that's not scary. That's just disturbing. It's hot. Yeah, and he's smiling at that doll just like he just got through watching an episode of The Eighteen. Yeah, man, that's hot. Oh, jeez, not this guy again. Uh, but uh, that sounds really disgusting. Matter of fact, what he just said and what you just told me sound very disgusting. Well, it's not near as disgusting as whatever it is. It's laying on the floor. Kind of looks like a squirrel parts mixed up in a meatloaf. Oh, okay, hold on. Time out. Time out. So, what the heck is going on with this movie? Well, you see, that's the beauty of it, as well. Nobody knows. But uh, now what we do is we go back to New York and we meet Pete, and he's a journalist, and for some reason he's totally infatuated with Mary's death. Uh, okay, another another question. Uh, okay, you said New York, right? Yep. Yeah, in a population like that, you have people you know falling out left and right. Why would you be interested in just this one case? Well, because it's a movie. Well, I'm having the thought that this movie has no idea what it's doing. Oh, well, (laughs) you have no idea because coming up next, we cut back to Dunwich at the the local tavern where some guys are getting good and blitzed, and while they're standing and talking, the mirror breaks, and they act like it's the biggest supernatural thing that's ever happened. So... So why why did it break? <laughs> Again, we have really no idea, and that's the beauty of it. You, know, you keep saying beauty, but Celine Dion—that's beauty. This is this is not beauty. So tell me, you you, you like watching this kind of crap? <laughs> I love it. Look at this over here—it's like a psycho circus with some young riders in it, ice cream trucks. Get real. Yeah, and, uh, so anyways, we go back to Dunwich, and we meet Jerry, who's a psychiatrist, and he's got one of his patients there. And while he's working on her, uh, Jerry's girlfriend, Emily, comes in, who's basically a teenager. Teenager? Uh Uh-oh, this is gonna get hot! Oh, gee willy-nilly. Sir, sir, you have a real problem. And I'm guessing that they don't have statutory rules in Dunwich, so, uh... How old is this guy, Studley? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe late 30s, early 40s? (laughs) Whoa. No wonder this town's got a problem. Well, Anyways, his girlfriend says she can't come over tonight because she's going to meet Bob. Ah, well, who's Bob? Uh, Well, he's the guy with the blow-up doll. Uh, Yeah, he needs help, man. Yeah, that's what she says. And she says he's sick and troubled kid and really needs some help. And we're starting to get a lot of town folk talking about the past history of Dunwich. And uh, the fact that the priest has killed himself has uh, opened a gate to hell on earth and bringing a curse to all the people that live in Dunwich. Well, that's kind of freak. Hey, wait a minute. That's that's just like that movie that's got the fog in it. Hey, that's that's very good as well. But uh, guess what? Now we're going back to New York, and we're at a graveyard. And there's a couple of gravediggers there, and they're getting ready to put Mary in the ground. And guess who else is there? Uh, that's right. Oh. Newspaper Pete? Pete? Why in the world would he be there? Because he's really curious about her death. Yeah, I'm just not really buying that. Oh, for Pete's sake, just go along with it, would you? Geez, sorry, I have an opinion. And uh, when they're there, about to finish the job, they're walking away, and then Mary wakes up and she's in the ground in a casket. Now, wait a minute. Are, are you saying that she wasn't really dead? Well... Or was she dead and she came back? Uh, I mean... Did they not embalm her? All great questions, and we don't know. Uh, of course. But what we do know is that newspaper Pete hears her screaming, and he goes and gets a pickaxe and busts her out of the casket. Well, boy, that was uh, that was super convenient. Uh, good thing he was there being curious about her death. Yeah, and so now Pete and Mary are hanging out, and they decide to go back to the house where they had the seance... And uh, in the crazy book of Enoch, oh, no. Enoch three uh, times
1: dance. if you want to see a zombie.
0: Skippy, I'm begging. <laughs> okay. But anyways, the book tells Pete and Mary that they both have to go to Dunwich and close the gate to hell. Because if they don't, the living dead will rise up and take over the world. No pressure, though. Yeah. So, yeah. That uh, that sounds pretty crazy. So, uh, let me guess. We're going back to Dunwich now. Right on the money. We get another Dunwich scene. Uh, where, of course. Where uh, Emily, the young lady that's uh, banging the psychiatrist. Illegally. Uh, goes to check on Bob and she finds him at home all sprawled out. Oh, no. On his bed and uh, scared out of his mind. Oh, geez. And then he just gets up and takes off running and she chases after him. What? But she doesn't find him. Oh, no. Well, what she does find? The dead priest. Yeah. Oh. And then the priest yells, surprise, uh. and he rubs a big handful of worms and rhubarb pie in her face. Yeah. Oh, holy jeez, this guy is evil because nobody likes rhubarb pie. So, uh, uh real, real quick question for you, Skippy. Why? Yeah, well, there's no real explanation. It's just kind of what is known for. Well, it, it sounds like it's going to be terribly gross, nasty movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you couldn't have spoken a more true statement because the very next scene, we got a couple making out in a truck. And when they're making out, the dead priest... Pops up in front of him in front of the vehicle. So, uh, so is this that kind of priest thing where he, like, jumps up and goes boogity-boo and hears some rhubarb pie? Uh, actually, he starts staring at the girl in the car, and she starts crying blood, and her intestines start coming out of her oh, mouth. Oh, yeah, man! Oh, oh well... <sighs> Uh, I I can see this now, walking into the movie producer's office and saying, Hey, I've got an idea. How about I make a lady cry some blood and we'll have some guts come out of her face? Yeah, that's a good selling point. Yeah, man, that rules. Yeah, you bet it is. And while that's going on, the boyfriend sees the priest outside and then all of a sudden a hand from inside the vehicle grabs the back of his head and basically squeezes his brain out. Yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about. By the time we squeeze some brains out on this show, man... This guy needs some shock treatment. Okay, I uh, I gotta clarify something here, cause I'm I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy. But uh, explain this to me. So the priest is outside the vehicle. Yeah. The hand is inside the vehicle. That's right. Squeezes out dude's brain. Wow, the priest is still standing outside. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how it looks, and it's pretty obvious that it's uh, not the priest's hand either. Wow, so uh, not only is this movie super confusing, but it just keeps getting darker as we go along, too. Well, that's uh, one way to put it, but uh, here's your ray of sunshine. Uh, we're now at the murder scene, and the psychiatrist is there, and the... Uh, the girl is laying on the ground, uh, dead, and her parents are there, and the detective says he thinks that she died from fright, And uh, but her dad thinks that Bob killed her. Well, so are the parents not really upset that their daughter is dating a guy that's basically as old as they are? Uh, well, she's dead, so probably not, and plus it's an Italian film, so who knows? Well, my spider senses are telling me that this town really hates Bob. Yeah, most towns do, as well. most towns do. But now we cut the newspaper, Pete and Mary, and they're having a car trip. And Mary starts revealing things that she saw in her dream. And uh, he asked, What did you see? And she says, I saw a priest. You think i let it go, yo, man? The gates of hell are in Dunwich. The gates of hell. Are- There's no stopping you, is there? Yeah, I don't think so. But anyway, she says that uh, he has to be destroyed. Well, boy, I. I bet they uh, they got another thing coming when they get to Dunwich. Ah, nice play on words there. Uh, here's another thing Dunwich is known for is their crappy morticians, because at this point we're watching one, and he's uh, doing a bang-up job on Emily right now. Uh, so is he actually going to embalm this one? Uh, yeah, looks like it. So I'm going to ask again, why did they not with Mary? And I'll tell you once again, I have no idea. Uh, maybe she is just a zombie and she's walking around like a person in this movie. I don't know. Well, it makes about as much sense as everything else has so far. Uh so I don't get it. Why do you not like this mortician? Why is he such a bad guy? Well, because when the family and everybody leaves the funeral home, uh... They go back to the bodies that are laying there, and he's uh, taking the jewelry off the bodies. Oh, yeah. He's a scumbag. Yeah, and uh, there's this elderly lady in a casket right beside Emily, and uh, the mortician reaches down to take her jewelry, and you don't see it, but uh, she bites a big chunk out of his arm. Oh, holy geesh! Well, that's, that's what you get for being a pickpocket. And uh, I'm thinking about, you know, if this old lady comes back alive and bites dude's arm off, then uh, chances are that Emily's probably going to come back too, right? Oh, yeah. The the very next scene, you've got John John, which is Emily's little brother, and he's uh, looking out his bedroom window at the beautiful scenery of Dunwich. And just out of nowhere, pops his dead sister outside the window. Oh, jeez, I, I bet he took a little John John in his shorts. Speaking of crabbing your pants, we cut back to Bob, and he's been running around like crazy because everywhere he goes, the priest pops up, and he ends up going and hiding in a garage at a friend's house uh, just so he can get some rest. Uh, but the bad thing is, is the whole town is convinced that Bob killed Emily. Well, here's, here's a good one for you I've been trying to figure out. Uh, they found the body of Emily, all in one piece, wasn't strangled, wasn't chopped up. She just had some pie on her face. And uh, th- they think Bob killed her. While across town, you got two people dead in a truck, one with the intestines coming out the mouth, and the other one with the brain missing. But nobody's talking about that. Uh, that's a very good point. Let's move on. I don't think this movie cares at all. At all. Well, you're exactly right. And now we jump to the psychiatrist getting a phone call from Sandra, who was the girl at the beginning of the movie that was, you know, in the session with him. And she wants him to come over immediately because something strange is happening. And uh, when he goes over there and looks in the kitchen floor, that old lady from the funeral home is laying there. Well, somebody needs to tell Mr. Psychiatrist he needs to stay away. He may lose an arm. Uh, How will he take notes at his next session? Well, we don't have to worry about that because he and Sandra both get a little wigged out and they go upstairs in another room and then all of a sudden electricity goes off and it comes back on and then a window shatters and all the glass from the window goes across the room and sticks in the wall and the wall starts bleeding. Oh, oh, okay. Hold on. Sorry. I wasn't listening. I was looking at my Facebook. Uh, I... I think I misunderstood something. I thought you said the walls were bleeding? That's exactly what I said. The walls are bleeding. And let me uh, guess. No explanation why. You are correct again. Uh, But then we cut back to Newspaper Pete and Mary driving around trying to find Dunwich, but they're not having any luck. Well, I, I know this is the 80s, but couldn't they just look at a map? Well, yeah, they do, and it's not on the map. Oh, now, come on now. How's that even possible? How could there be a place around for hundreds of years and not be on a map? whole bunch of people living there, it's not on the map. Yeah, I don't have an answer for that either. It is pretty stupid. Well, it's too stupid to talk about, so let's go back and find out what's happening in Dunwich. When we last left Dunwich, Bob was asleep in the car. And the girl he knows that lives there comes out to see him there, hoping that he's all right. But then the girl's dad comes out and sees him in the car. And remember... Everybody thinks that he murdered Emily. Oh, man, he's gonna squeeze his brain out. Come on, dude, calm down. Uh, so, great. Now, we got the Dad's gonna fight Bob in the car garage? Uh, it doesn't really go like that at all. It's more like the dad takes Bob's head and puts it in a drill press and drills a hole through his face. Yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's some nasty stuff. Sir, sir, now, you need to take your meds and go back to bed. So, uh, now, uh, now this dad guy, he's, a now he's a murderer. And uh, murdered somebody that wouldn't even know if he uh, actually did it or not. Yeah, we, he might have overreacted a little bit. Well, gee, I, I sure hope that Mary and Pete show up soon so they can stop all this craziness. Well, that's exactly what happens. Uh, they find Dunwich. Uh, they just drove in the fog until they couldn't see anymore and pulled over. And Mary said, hey, this tombstone I've seen in my dream. And uh, there you go. We're, we're in Dunwich. And while they're there in the graveyard... The psychiatrist shows up. Well, what in the Father Murphy is he doing there? Well, the clock is ticking, and we need a way to have the three of them team up together to fight the evil. You need a newspaper guy, a living dead girl, and a psychiatrist. Look at these guys. Three amigos. Fighting evil. Plastic spoons. Get real. That's right. Uh, so they all get together and go back to the psychiatrist's place. And they're sitting around drinking some chamomile. Then all of a sudden, the window flies open and uh, it starts raining maggots on yeah, them. Man. Uh, well, of course it's raining maggots. That's what's supposed to happen next, right? After the baboon comes out and sings a song... I'm so over this movie. Yeah, them maggots going to eat people's brains. Yeah, I guess right now would be a great time to bust out that shop vac. Yeah, and, and right after the, the maggot rain, uh, we get the phone ringing, and it's John John. And he wants the psychiatrist to come over there because he says, Emily's been there, and she just killed his parents. Does nobody call the cops in this movie? I guess not. But now we got the psychiatrist and Sandra, newspaper Pete and Mary all going over to John John's house, and they go in to get John John out, and they tell Sandra to go ahead and take John John back to her house while they go to the funeral home and try to figure out what's happening. Well, at least John John is safe now. We need to protect the kids. Well, I wouldn't be that confident in that because uh, as soon as they get to Sandra's house and they're on the front porch... Uh, Emily pops up in front of John John, and she reaches up and squeezes Sandra's brains out right there on the front steps. Yeah, man, more brains getting squeezed out. I love this movie. Yeah, calm down, sir. So let me let me get this straight. All right, we got zombies coming back from the dead. Hmm. Uh, but then they pop up in front of you, but they don't want to eat you like food. They just want to squeeze your brains out. Yep. And then they just disappear again. That's pretty much it. Well, we. Totally missed the name of this movie then, didn't we? We should have went with something like Time Jumping Zombies or something. might have been a little more accurate. So, now, what about John John, then? Well, he runs screaming for his life. He just saw his sister squeeze out a woman's brains right in front of him, and he runs into an alleyway, and there's this acrobat zombie that jumps off the top of the building and lands right in front of John John. But John John takes off running, and then there's his sister. She pops up in front of him, and right when you think she's going to kill her, the psychiatrist shows up. Oh, well, so does he help save John John? Yeah, he does, and for the first time in the movie, they actually call the cops. Seems a little late. But uh, now the three musketeers decide they have to go to the graveyard, find the priest's gravesite, because that's where the uh, gates of hell are here's my thing. Didn't Mary already know all this it was people just not listening to her because we could have saved a whole lot of lives here. Yeah, that's probably true, but uh, they decide to go to this graveyard and fight the evil. Well, I don't care for graveyards at all. They're spooky. Well, this one's like extra spooky because when they're walking through and they're looking up the trees, you hear like howling monkeys making sounds. What? Monkeys? How, how's that spooky? Well, you know, it's pretty spooky when they're mixed in with, you know, tropical bird sounds and other animals and it's a it's a real jungle out there so this seems like an opportunity for some zombies to like pop up and stop them from getting to the graveyard well yeah there's there's no zombies because they're all distracted they're down at the local bar killing all the three guys that are down there for some reason did a 10 year old write this movie it's possible but uh so the three musketeers go down into the priest's grave and uh, when they go down there they they find a lot of you know decayed bodies and cobwebs and all that kind of stuff uh, question skippy uh, didn't this guy just die like a week ago or something uh, you know it doesn't matter what what does matter is they get in they realize that uh, down in there there's another opening and they decide to go on to see what's on the other side well that sounds like a terrible idea well there's only one way to find out and that's right here on movie fight night The cat once again to another action packed episode of Movie Fight Night. We are underground. We are down here in Dunwich and we're in a priest grave that's underground at the gates of hell. So if we sound a little different, that would be the reason why. I am your host, Doc Egan and along with me down here in the cellar dweller himself it's Jimmy the Claw. How's it going, Jimmy? Hey, Doc there. Glad to be with you but I'm not happy about being down here in this eerie location. This thing uh, is really freaking me out. Well, it should there, Jim, because we're dealing with uh, three compadres coming down here and trying to shut the gate to hell to save all of mankind, so it's uh, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I kind of get that, Doc, but uh, the supernatural stuff just really gives me the heebie-jeebies. I hear you, Jim, and being that we're dealing with the supernatural, that means anything can happen at any time, so expect the unexpected, I hear. And that's the bell. We're going to go down ringside to Louis de Bluey to introduce the fighters. Take it away, Louis.
1: All right, listen up, you knuckleheads. We're going to have some action here. And it's pretty much a fight to the death to save the future of all mankind. Yeah, and over here on the right-hand side of the gates of hell, wearing about 196 pounds, wearing a f***ing cardigan, looks like the dad off the f***ing Brady Bunch, Jerry! Jerry. And over here in the same corner with his his hair combed combed like some asshole from the 60s, wearing 198 pounds, give it up for Pete, give it up for Pete. Pete. And also in the the same same corner, wearing about 125, 125, wearing wearing an an army army jacket, fine ass f**k, Mary, Mary. give Give it up for Mary. Mary. Now, on the opposite opposite side of the gates of hell, about 30 pounds lighter than he was before because he's been dead for 10 f***ing days. Wearing a black suit and a white collar. Scary ass mother priest.
0: And there you go, Jim. Introductions are done. And there's the bell. We're off to action. Yeah, let's get it on, Doc. I think they're afraid to make the first move. They're kind of confused and just kind of looking around here, Jim. Don't know what's going on. You darn tootin'. I wouldn't know what to do either. Oh, and then Sandra just popped up out of nowhere. This girl used to be a friend of theirs and now looks like she is the enemy. Sounds like she brought her piano player too there, Doc. I have to admit, she's not as zombified looking as everybody else that we've seen so far. Yeah, she's holding up pretty well. Must be using all of Olé. All Which brings up our sponsor of this show, all Olé. All so keep your dead skin looking good. Well, Doc, I have to say, they are totally mesmerized by her walking around here yeah she's just kind of taking her sweet time staring at him and oh she pops up behind Pete and squeezes his brain out how'd she do that Doc she must have some kind of ninja skills he is definitely in a lot of pain now that sounds like he just fell on the piano player and how about these rats They're not letting a meal go to waste. They're eating his brains like a bowl of soup from Panera. Uh Uh-oh, Jim. We've got Mary, and she's caught in a trance staring at Sandra, and now Mary is... Look at this. I can't believe it. She is bleeding out of her eyes. Yes, this is a move that Octoon the Butcher used to use in matches years ago. It's very, very effective. I don't know that she's going to break out of this one, Jim. Well, you're going to have to allow Jerry to break her out of this trance. That's the only way this is going to work. And he's trying to do just that, Jim. He's looking around for a weapon of some sort. He found a metal bar, Points. At midsection and oh he stabbed Sandra right in the gut she's falling to the ground and I don't think she's going to get back up Jim what do you think yeah you can see that wound there is starting to really pulse out so it looks like uh she's she's a goner well it looks like we're down to a two-man team and they're gonna have to find their way through here find this priest and put an end to all this and the band starts right on cue well, this is a local band called Bad Mitten a uh, great drummer, but the harmonica player is just abysmal. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a drunk version of the Flash Gordon theme song. Yeah, well, the, uh, the drummer is the composer of the band. His name is Lance Langford, and uh, he really knows what he's doing when it comes to writing these kind of background soundtracks. Well, I have to say, Jim, it's as chaotic as everything that's happened in this fight so far go, Jim. It is the theme music for the priest. He is making this presence known before he even gets here. Yeah, I know some people used to do that back in the day, but uh, this can make you look like kind of an ass hat, but in the long run, it does put that chill of fear down your back. Well, it's just as intimidating as this cave that we're in here, Jim. And it seems like our dynamic duo is being surrounded by a bunch of uh, time-jumping zombies down here. Doc, if they don't watch it, they're going to be in a world of hurt right here. Well, by the look of these zombies, I wouldn't be too worried about it because uh, they don't seem to really know what they're doing. Yeah, they do seem a little befuddled.
1: Oh! And here he
0: is, folks. It's the priest. He has shown up, and he's standing perfectly still and motionless. And uh, I'm loving the light show here, too. Being that we're in a cave with no electricity, these uh, these lights are looking fantastic. And just like the match we saw earlier, the priest is staring at Mary and uh, making her start to cry blood again. This seems to be the, uh, the going tactic now. Well, the end game here, Doc, is to be disemboweled orally by yourself. So uh, it, it, I'm telling the people at home, if your kids are watching, you may want to... Uh, get them out of the room, because this could get really messy. Oh, well, hold on, Doc, because uh, the psychiatrist just picked Holy up a crucifix geesh. and stabbed the priest with it, and it just ran the hole right through him. I mean, completely through him. Whoa! Listen to that sound coming out of that priest's mouth. He sounds like he's the truck from the movie Duel. Oh, I love that movie, Doc. And how about that wound? That's one of the nastiest things I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like split pea soup with some snot and blood in it. Yeah, and the priest is still trying to fight it back, acting like it's only a flesh wound. Whoa, I I hate to tell it, though, but that wound just bursted oh into flames. Boy. Yes, sir, Jim. It's looking pretty bad. He's he's completely burning up now. Not only that, but all the other zombies are catching fire and burning as well. Yeah. Hey, Doc, I don't know about you, but we'll probably run out of oxygen really fast down here in this cave, so uh, we probably need to get on out of here. You know what, Jim? I think you're 100% correct. So, folks, we hope that Mary and Jerry make it out all right. We're going to go ahead and skedaddle, and we will see you right here next time on Movie Fight Nights. Let's go, Jim. Yeah, this place stinks almost as bad as I Drain the Bishop. How about that? So, hold on. I need to make some notes here. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, if you're fighting a time-jumping zombie, stab them in the stomach, either with a metal bar or a wooden crucifix, and they will burst into flames and die. Yeah. Unlike any other zombie in any other movie. Pretty much. Okay, got it. All right, so out of this, uh, Mary and the psychiatrist start crawling back up out of the grave, and uh, John-John's there with a couple of police officers. how would he know where they are, and why are the police officers bringing him? Yeah, don't know, but he comes running up to Mary and the psychiatrist, and they're both looking at him, and they're all, like, real happy. Then all of a sudden, we get a freeze frame of John-John, and Mary screams, and the screen goes black. Wait, wait, what? What? I mean, uh... What the heck does this mean? Yeah, we we don't know. I mean, is, is he a zombie? Is he, like, walking like a zombie? What's the deal? We have no earthly idea, and that's the end of the movie. I can't believe this. I could have been listening to Celine Dion's greatest hits, but instead, you're going to tell me about this movie that doesn't start right, definitely doesn't end right, I don't know what's going on. It's terrible. Well, but you have to admit, it's unlike anything else we've had on the show so far. Yeah, I don't know that that's a good thing, though. Well, let's ask the rest of the crew. What did you people think about this movie? Yeah, man, it was Super. Super <laughs> Well, I'm glad you guys liked it, because this is an early-day VHS mom-and-pop shop video rental for me. Grabbed it, checked it out, and had no idea what was going on. But the effects of this movie blew me away, and it was legendary. Everybody was talking about it at school, even though they had no idea what the movie was about. And to this day, it's still my favorite Fulci film. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. We will see you next
1: time right here on Red Movie-Rama!